Welcome to the Master Passive Income Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to get financial independence, quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job, by investing in real estate so you never, ever have to work a job again. And today, I am super pumped to bring on a college student who has literally quit college to invest in real estate, is already investing in real estate at 20 years old, and he's gonna show us how he did it and how you can do it too. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about investing in real estate with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. All right, all right. It is super awesome to have you here on the show with me today. I'm so blessed to have you here to be a part of the show. And I'm super pumped to share with you this episode today because I am interviewing somebody who listens to the podcast and just from listening to the podcast, become a real estate investor and even so much more. You guys probably know that I hate college. I went to college, but I blew up my diploma or degree. I think it's, yeah, it's a degree. Oh, diplomas high school, but I blew up my degree because I knew I would never need it again because I'm a real estate investor. I have businesses and I was showing my kids that we don't need a college education. Now, there are some that absolutely, don't get me wrong, college education can be good. If you're a doctor, if you're an engineer, if you are doing like a lawyer, like you're doing these things that take a lot of schooling, 100% agree. But if you're just going to get like a history degree, I'm like, yeah, that's great. I mean, just read a history book instead of spending $100,000 on college. Well, this investor that I'm bringing on the show listened to the podcast, got encouraged, and then in started investing just from listening to the podcast. And in that, he's 20 years old and he quit college. He literally stopped going to college because he knew real estate investing is what he wanted to do. Now, before I get to that, I want to share some good news in the Heiner household. So my wife and I have four children. We're very, very blessed to have four amazing children. And our kids are 15, 14, 12, and 10. So we have four children. And we are so amazingly blessed. Now, you guys know that I am a Christ follower. At least most of you know if you've been listening to the podcast very long. But I read the Bible literally multiple times a day. And as I read the Bible, the Bible says that children are a blessing from the Lord. And I absolutely know my children are amazing blessings from the Lord. In fact, any legacy that you leave, the only legacy you can leave, in my opinion, is our children. You know, eventually you will go away and everything will, nobody will remember you sooner or later, but your children and their children are going to be lasting. So when children are a blessing from the Lord, my wife and I are now blessed to have another child on the way. My wife's pregnant. Yes, praise the Lord. That is absolutely amazing. If you want to hear a story about the whole process of me getting a mastectomy and getting a reversal, which was really trying, definitely check out my Instagram. I wrote about it on there. We have pictures of us all wearing fun shirts like the kids say, you know, big brother again. And Faith, who's the youngest, says finally a big sister or something like that. And I have a shirt that says, you know, daddy again or something like that. So go to Instagram. You can find me, the Dustin Heiner, and you can see it was fairly recently that we posted about it, but you can see us all in our shirts. But I want to share that great and amazing blessing news to you guys because, man, children sure are a blessing to the Lord. And thinking about real estate investing, we are creating generational wealth that we will literally give 
our properties to our kids, teach them how to do this, and create businesses that we can literally give to them. Like we cannot give our jobs to our kids, but we can give them our businesses and give them our investing properties, as well as the money that we have, that's what we can give. And so we're, my wife and I are super blessed. Hopefully sometime in May, Lord willing, the, we'll have a healthy baby uh, come and it's going to be, it's just amazing. We're super blessed. That's what I got to tell you. God is good. Well, let's jump into today's show where I am going to be interviewing an investor who, like I said, was going to college, realized that he wanted to invest in real estate, quit, started working with another investor in his area, and started listening to the podcast. And because the podcast got encouraged and then is investing in real estate, bought his own first property. Now he's moving on to more. He's going to show us how you can do it as well. Here's Connor Kinney showing us how he, at 20 years old, became a real estate investor. Here we go. Hey, Connor, thank you so much for being on the show. Dustin, it's great to be with you, man. I'm looking forward to it. So this is so awesome. So you reached out to me as on Instagram, just saying that how you are currently investing, you listen to the show, and at the same time, you're 20 years old, and just from listening to the podcast, it really gave you the encouragement and the, the uh, ability to move forward. So I, I absolutely love it. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, you're 20 years old, and you're already investing. It seems like for a lot of people, that'd be like, oh, I'm 20 years old. I can't invest yet. You know, I need to have a lot of money. I need to be older, whatever it might be. So tell us just a little bit about you and how you got started in this. So that is, I had those thoughts too, exactly. So, you know, every, it's kind of like the real estate game is for guys with gray hair, the older people, and it's not. And so I, um, I started getting into the real estate game at 18 years old. I, uh, I played college baseball for a little bit and then decided quickly that wasn't right for me. So I moved and then I knew going to school really wasn't going to be my thing. And so I actually decided not to go to college and I started working full time for another real estate investor here. And so for the last two years, I've been working for another investor and developer, working on kind of acquisitions, management, just it's kind of like getting my feet wet without having to put a bunch of financial into the game. And so that really got me around the in industry and kind of around the game, as people would say. And so I um I just started listening to Master Passive Income, just a lot of the real estate podcasts. And um it just kind of was my call to action. And I was actually gonna try to house hack where you live in one side and rent out the other, but I actually make more cash flow per month just renting out both sides. So um that's kind of where I am. I'm out of college station, Texas. So I love how you just like we're all taught to go to college. That's like literally the path of every single person is taught. And in that, you started realizing it's not necessarily the right path for everybody. In fact, my kids most likely won't go to college unless they want to be a doctor, a lawyer, you know, something that is, you need that advanced degree. But most people, we don't really need it. In fact, you'll be getting lots and lots of debt. But I love the path that you did take. So everybody listen to this. So Connor actively found somebody that's already investing and he's working for that person or the organization or the group, but doing what it is that he wants to do in the future. That's why like, you know, college, you go learn a bunch of different things. It's not bad necessarily, but if you're going to be a mechanic, why would you go to college? We could go to trade school. Or if you're going to be an electrician, just go to a trade, like go learn exactly what it is that you're going to do if you know what that is. So I love how you got in there and you're learning and getting paid at the same time. If you're working for them now, a lot of people, like I think your time is like, you shouldn't work for money. You should work for education, work for networking, work for experience. So talk to us a little bit about that because it's not common for most people to stop going to college and then 
work for you know something that's is not necessarily like a quote unquote career, but it's something that's getting you in the right direction. So tell us about how you made that decision to move that direction. So I kind of knew all along, you know, whenever I was in the college classroom, I was thinking to myself, man, like these people are not where I want to be in life. Like I want to learn from the people who have done what I want to do. And so like, you're one of those guys for me, Dustin, there's a lot of other guys who I'm like, man, I would love to, you know, learn from those guys because they're doing what I want to do. And so it goes back to just listening to the people who are doing what you want to do. And so I was like, what better to get into the real estate game than learning from somebody who's already in the business and I can get my feet wet, learn, build good relationships, and then kind of get into the business that way. And I'm also not going into debt while doing it. I actually get paid a little bit and it's not great. It's better now, but whenever I first started, I wasn't getting paid a ton, but it's more, as you said, about the education and experience rather than the pay. So that's kind of how I got into the game. On top of the education experience, also the networking too. Like the people that come around me that say, hey, I really just want to help you out in your business. They start becoming a part of my business and I start sharing them with everybody else. Like all these other big um, expert investors, I'm like, hey, have you seen this person? Like it, the networking on top of that, oh my goodness, like it's hard to get into those realms of influences of other people. But if you are able to go the route you're going, so I don't know, anyways, I think it's a lot. I love it. I absolutely am super excited for you, Connor. Okay. Now talk to us about getting that first property because that's always the most scary thing for every single person when they buy their first property and you being 19 to 20 years old, getting into that that first property. Talk to us about getting that first property. Where was it? Um, how, How did you buy it? Like financing wise, how much passive income did you make? So it's kind of a crazy story. So there was a fourplex that I wanted to buy and it was, um, I got another contract but everyone kind of says, oh, you can use this cool 3.5% FHA loan, owner-occupant, which is a great debt source. It's awesome. But the problem is whenever I was 19, 20, I can't qualify for that. And so I um, I knew there was another way, there had to be another way to buy a property. And so I actually ended up wholesaling that deal. And I found another duplex off market that um, was seller financed. And so I listened to a bunch of podcast about seller financing and I heard about this kid on bigger pockets buying apartments with seller financing. So I was like, man, I could do that. And he's he's a couple years older than me. And so I took the money that I made from the wholesale fee and used that as my down payment for the seller finance duplex. And what I've learned too, Dustin, and I want your listeners to understand this is we're not in the real estate business. We're in the relationship business. And so all these relationships I had built were just kind of like the duplex came from a relationship. I was telling everybody I knew, hey, I'm looking for a duplex, preferably seller finance. And some people, you know, were like, whatever. But, and then I got a phone call one day, hey, I got a guy on my street who owns another duplex who wants to sell potentially seller financing. And so it's all about relationships and networking, as you said. And so that led to the first deal. So it's a duplex, two bed, one and a half bath. I bought it for 235. I put 20,000 down. And then I got it seller financed at 5% um, on a 30-year note with no balloon payment. And so I got pretty good. A big thing for me is you want to buy stuff with long-term cash flowing debt. And so um, I didn't want any balloon payment in there. 5% is great. I've got no balloon. And it cash flow is about 450 bucks day one. So that is, that is, that's awesome, Cotter. I mean, 
number one, seller financing. A lot of people, I think, it's seller financing is like a, a, a myth or it's like a unicorn. You can, how do you get seller financing? Well, you just got to ask. I mean, you just got to, well, number one, ask for it. But then number two, you just got to be in the business doing deals and these deals pop up and these deals come up really well. And so if you know how to do it and structure it, and I love how you didn't say, um, well, let's do a balloon payment after five years. So I have to refinance or whatever. But it seems like you found somebody that's like, I'm just comfortable with having my income from the property not be a big payment where I have a lot of capital gains on it. Maybe they might have taxes on it and it's spread out over many years. So there's a lot less taxes and a lot of benefits for sellers for seller financing as well. But I mean, in the end, you have a great cash flow property, make it $450 a month in passive income at 20 years old. Wow. Okay. So with that, um, is it in the same area that you're living in? It's in Bryan. So Bryan College Station, they're like 20 minutes apart. So it's, I mean, you can get from one side of the town to the other in 20 minutes. So they're like neck and neck. I mean, I, I live like 15 minutes from the property. I'm managing it myself, which I have found out, Dustin, I do not want to be a property manager. <laughs> I My goal is to buy enough units to where I do not have to property manage because I, I don't want to. It's good for me now to get that experience, but um, down the road, I definitely don't want to be in the property management game. But yeah, it's totally. right here. Texas A&M University is five minutes away. So, and it's, it's always growing. And so I got students at both sides right now. And so it's going very well. It's an application. Um, it'll only appreciate. So I love it. So two things, number one, and I want to pause for a quick second and share that. Honestly, I really want you to invest in real estate. Now my new goal is to help 1 million people invest in real estate. So two things I would ask from you. Number one, if you get anything out of this episode, please share it with somebody else. Just say, Hey, you know, check out Dustin and master passive income. He really wants to help a million people to invest in real estate. That's number one. Number two, I want to get you to invest in real estate. Get my real estate investing course. Absolutely for free. Text the word rental R E N. T-A-L to 33777. Rental to 33777. I'll literally give you my course, show you how to find an area of the country to invest, how to build the business first. You know, I always talk about that and how to find the right properties, how to make sure you're getting experts to do the work for you and scale the business to where you're making $250 or more in passive income, scale it to quit your job. I'll literally get to you or go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. Obviously, it'll be in the description, but I really, really want you to invest in real estate because the more that actual normal everyday people own real estate that are good landlords, the better everybody's life gets. If you are renting in a college town, definitely get the student's parents' signature on it. Make sure that they're accountable for that too. I'm sure you're doing that, which is great. Yeah, if they destroy the place or move out, you go to the parents. Hey, parents, you're on the hook for this. But then also, yeah, uh, on top of that, you you said getting enough properties in order to get a property manager. Well, you got to do that way before then. I think you you know this. We don't buy the property unless we can afford the property manager in yes. all the expenses. So yeah, don't think you have to wait until the very end. No, just as best you can, don't buy the property unless you can afford it from yeah. the expenses. Yeah. It's more too just about me getting the property management experience because I want to make sure that I know kind of what lease stuff looks like, how to manage properly. That way, whenever I outsource it to other management, I can build systems and I kind of know, you know, because it's easy to get ripped off when you're 20 years old. I feel like it's so I think I definitely can hire a property management company. I just want to make sure that I'm I'm in there, you know, getting that firsthand experience as well. So I so what's it like? I ran enough to make sure I could get a property management. So perfect. 
Now, tell me what it's like being 20 years old and having college students roughly the same age as you, and you're rent please you go knock on the door okay give me rent please like you're, you're the landlord and they're like dude you're like you might be younger than me i would say honestly i um the first time i had an inherited tenant and she's moved out now and i i told her i was the landlord and it it wasn't bad but it was just kind of a little awkward so i've actually learned to just say hey i'm the property manager and so everybody thinks i'm the property manager i go mow the lawn whatever and so it's it's a, a bit more normal whenever you're younger and a property manager, I guess you could say. So that's kind of how I've dealt with that situation. I just say I'm the property manager and because because everybody hates the landlord, but no one a lot of people are more, you know, meaningful towards the property manager. So that's what I've that's, a, that's a great point. Everybody listen, you definitely need to get that. Like when you get found out that you're the landlord, they they literally start they a lot of things, weird things happen. Like they start getting indignant towards you, like they get upset or they start looking at like, oh, now I can get a lot of things out of life. It's just, I love as much separation as possible. So if you can say, because you are the property manager, it doesn't matter that you're the landlord too, but you are the property yeah. manager, which is great. Okay. So Connor, you already have a duplex that's cash flowing nicely, which is tremendous. Now you are continually investing. So you have hopefully going to get a property, another duplex under contract. Talk to us about that one as well. So this one is another seller financed um, duplex. So I I really like the seller finance because um, in this market, you know, people are still one, especially in the Texas market, you know, higher prices for their property. But what I've learned with seller financing is price is one thing, the terms are everything. And so um, what I've learned is that if a seller is stuck on price or they, you know, they want, man, this crazy number and you're going, well, if it's an 8% interest rate, you can't make it work. But this is the cool thing about seller financing is everything is negotiable. And so um, I'm able to pay, you know, more so of what they want for price. And if that's their only hill they're going to die on, then I can give them their price. They just have to give me my terms and I can still make it work in cash flow each month. And so that's kind of what I'm doing with this other duplex. I'm giving them a little bit more than I would like to pay for the property but I'm going to get really good terms and it's going to cash flow great day one. And I know it's on a long-term fixed rate debt um, debt contract. And so I'll be fine. And it's in an even better area than the other duplex. And so um, I, it's going to appreciate always buying a good location. And so it's, it'll be fine. Man, that's so cool. And with that, yeah, I love how you are continually doing something that you already know. Now, a lot of people listening will be like, oh man, seller financing, how do I deal with the contracts with the seller financing? How do I make sure that I'm not getting ripped off? How do I make sure this, that, and the other? So talk me through your process of working with a seller, getting them, and, and you definitely know and understand this, getting them what they want, because this one seller wants a higher price, but you know, hey, the higher price, well, I have to have the terms this way. I, if it's a lower price, terms might be different. So Talk to us about working with the seller. And then once you get that piece of paper, because the hard part of people are thinking like, do I get a lawyer involved? Do I have to like all this, like all these questions, like they're so concerned, which it's not that hard, but walk us through that process. Yeah. So, and one thing to remember too, is you're not building, you know, these real estate transactions, you're building relationships. And so with these sellers, what's cool about seller financing is you're not, you know, it's not just, oh, we'll see them at closing day and then you'll never see them again you're paying them every month or every, I mean, depending on how you structure the deal, you're paying them for, I mean, with my first deal, it'll be 30 years, but with this other one, it may be a little shorter, just depends. But you want to build a good relationship because you don't want to 
have a seller feel like they got ripped off and you're paying them every month. That's not, that's not really the best way. And so um, always build these great relationships and then that can lead you to other opportunities as well. So I totally agree. Having, yeah, having the, it's, and you know this too, and you're saying it, I say it a little differently or the way I say it is um, real estate's not about a property. It's about people and it's about the relationships that you build with people. So with the seller financing, let's say you did, you started negotiating with the seller and you get the right price. You get the right terms that both you can benefit you and your business and the seller is happy with that. And then you move forward, you get a piece of paper, hopefully a contract. Like once you get it agreed upon, then you sign the contract or you develop a contract, sign it. Then what do you do? So I've got a real estate attorney that I work with and he draws up. So we come to an agreement. I normally do it over like I'm kind of old school. I do like a coffee meeting or for instance, my my last seller loved McDonald's. So we met at McDonald's like four times to get the deal done. So, and again, everybody's human. So, you know, sellers and buyers are all human. So I make it, I try to make it pretty personable, but just get everything agreed upon, make sure everybody's on the same page, get stuff signed and then go take it to your attorney, real estate attorney. Um, If you don't have one, other investors in the area will know one and make sure have him look through all the legal stuff. Just make sure that you're protected because the worst thing you want is to be, you know, psyched up on your first deal and then get to closing or get past closing and say, oh my gosh, what? I didn't see this clause in there or this or that. Just make sure you have an attorney, look up everything, drop everything, go over everything to make sure you're protected, sellers protected, and each party knows what what's agreed upon and the payment each month and stuff like that. I would I agree. And that really quickly, that even though it might be thinking, you might be thinking, or somebody would think, oh, it's, it's expensive to work with attorneys. Um, considerably for what it could, the problems, like if you got a lawsuit or something, it's way more expensive than getting an attorney. And the ones that, that, that do this, I mean, they usually have forms that they've already used. They already know what to look for. It's not going to be nearly as expensive, but it's going to be very expensive if you get in a lawsuit because something like the seller is like, oh, I didn't know this was happening and I'm going to sue you. No, it could be in, I love what you said, like the seller and you and the attorney, like every, every we're all open and everybody sees what's going on. Like there's no hidden, there's nothing hidden. We're protecting everybody. So love it. So that fee for the attorney, attorney, well worth it. Okay. So from there, what else do we do? And I would also say to um, get a loan servicing company. It's like 30, mine's like 35 bucks a month. Yes, it eats a hair of your cash flow, but it's great for both parties. That way you're not having to track down payments. It puts everything in escrow and mine's direct deposited from my account. And so it just goes straight to them. It just cuts out all the the nonsense of fighting each other for payments. Um, it makes everything as smooth as possible. Expense. And track record too. Yeah, it keeps tracks for taxes. Um, it Yes, it's, it's a little bit more money than you want to spend out of cash flow. But it's definitely worth it in the long run. That way you're not having to, you know, account for everything, each payment, um, when payments are done, and et cetera. And so I would encourage to always get your loan serviced by a servicing company. Great point. Okay, we got the contract. Get the attorney look at it, the seller and you, everything agrees. Then then what do you do? Yep. Then um just depends on when your when your closing date is. Um, it depends on how much down payment, like for instance, my other duplex, I had 20 grand down. So I just picked up a cashier's check for 20 grand, dropped it off at closing, um, went and at closing too, it's kind of funny because like, I feel like they always want to keep, you know, buyers and sellers separate, but closing was super fun. I I took a picture with the seller of the property. We shook hands, had lunch. It was 
So just remember, everybody is human. Like I, I feel like this real estate stuff is like super business, professional, and it can be, but also everybody's human. It's got to be fun. And so um, that was super fun. Like we chatted it up, um, but everything went smooth for closing. Um, he got his payment. Um, I got all my closing docs, my settlement statement, HUDs, everything like that. And then you're good to go. It's kind of funny because it's like all this excitement builds up to closing and then you close on the property and you're like, oh, I like nothing changes, but it's like, I, I guess I own the property now. So it's kind of funny. Like there's all this excitement going up towards it and it is exciting, but it's like, oh, it's just a property. Like it's one step towards a good future, but it's just funny. Like the anticipation is always the best part of it. Oh, totally. Totally. And I love it. I, I literally have never gone to a signing well, you know, document signing for um, buying a property because usually my properties are way out of state. I, I, you know, sign it through a notary and stuff. But I could see how, especially the connection and the network that you've been building and working with the seller. I mean, that's like a, a relationship that you built. Yeah. And hopefully, and I, you did it right, where both parties feel like they're winning. You and the seller feel like they're winning. That's the best way to go. In fact, that's why I created the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference was because. You know, all my students, they know each other inside the, the uh, student community. We all help each other out. And so I wanted that to be beyond just my community. Wanted the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference so that we can bring more investors together. That If we help each other out, it doesn't have to be a win-lose, like I win and you lose. It shouldn't be like that. It, it should be where we both win or multiple people win. So I absolutely love that that's the route that you're going. Now, no. oh, did you want to share something? No, I'm just going to say it's always got to be, you know, a win for everybody. Find, you know, find what the people want. And, you know, this, this guy was more stuck on price. And so I gave him his price, but I got my terms. And so there's always, you know, as I said earlier with seller financing, everything is negotiable. And so, um, the downside of that is if you're really bad at negotiating, it could be bad, but the upside is you can also have some cool negotiations and get stuff that you can't normally get through conventional bank financing. And also I would say too, whenever you're getting your first deal done is always better than perfect. Um, a lot of people get stuck upon, oh, it's not the right time, man, you know, this deal isn't going to be a home run and whatnot. And I'm not going to say, you know, go buy a bad deal, but I am saying, you know, hit a single, hit a double, get into the game because when you're into the game, then it starts, you know, you get better relationships. You get, you get momentum. That's what I realized with buying the first deal is now I've got momentum to go buy the second, the third, the fourth deal. And so I would say, you know, get, go get your feet wet. Don't buy a bad deal, but it doesn't have to be a home run. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, the, the big apartment complex that you're working towards. It could be a single family house, a duplex, but just get into the game is super important because there's never going to be just like the perfect time to get, get started. There's always going to be something that may be a little bit off. Um, and as I said, do your due diligence. Don't buy a bad deal. But, you know, get get on base. Get in the game a little bit. Done is so much better than perfect. Like, yeah. perfect will never come. Like, literally will never come. But you'll find that these things that, that get to be done, eventually you look back like, wow, that was a home run. I didn't realize at the time because you might not know it or the market shifts or whatever it might be. But having it done is the best thing. And so what I love is, actually, it's the proverb, 
when was the best time to plant a tree? Well, it was 20 years ago. The next best time is today. So the best time ever to invest is literally today because you can't go back and change the past. So I love that perspective. Now, you said something before we got on the call or before we started recording. You said something about little wins helping to make big wins or yeah. big gains. Talk to me about that. And what was that thing that you said it in a certain way that was really, really cool? So it's just, you know, small steps and small action leads to big success. And so it's taking you know, small action these days. So it's, you know, it can be, I'm going to go, I mean, it just depends on what your goals are, but if it's, you know, I'm going to make five calls a day, or I'm going to reach out to five realtors, letting them know what I'm looking for, or I'm going to go meet with five people who own real estate in my, you know, town or city and just learn how they built the real estate business. Um, just small action is super underrated. I see a lot of people say, oh, you know, I made a hundred calls last Monday and I didn't get anything. And it, but if you take, you know, chop it up and just be consistent, something's bound to hit. It's cool how God works because it's like, if you take action and you just have passion for what you're doing, um, I've noticed this, God just creates cool opportunities for people who are out there working hard and hustling. And so, and what's even cooler is being younger in the game. A lot of these bigger successful investors recognize that I'm hustling, you know, I'm getting into the game a little bit. And so they're, they refer you to other people too. And so that's been super cool is, you know, building good reputation and building good rapport with these sellers is then they tell their friends, Hey, I'm seller finance into this other kid. He's trustworthy, you know, and it can lead to other deals. And so that's what the seller of my first duplex, when he owns two other properties and he was like, Hey, um, I like you a lot. Let's, let's plan on you to doing the other two seller financed as well. And so it's just building cool relationships and that that just leads to a whole new level of success. Love it. You're 100% right. And with working with uh, somebody, like anybody, and you're being a genuine person to the other person, like you're just trying to help the person out, it comes back. Like it, I found the more people that I serve in my life, the better my life gets and the better everybody else's life gets. And it's it's just so much more rewarding and fulfilling when somebody else looks at you and said, well, thank you. I am gotten what I wanted because of you. It's so so tremendous. And on, on top of that, I love how you have kept that bridge. Like, it's not like that's just one and done and, or like, like I just want to get my hands as far away as possible because you did it right. Now, when I hear anybody younger, like Connor, you said, you know, I'm, I'm younger. I invest. I'm like, you're 20 years old and you're investing. Like, I want to help you out. Like it's it, cause you know, when you get other like, when they're 35, 40 years old, older, it's like, great. Now you realize that this is you can do it. You have a little bit more behind you, meaning a little bit of money behind you. You maybe have good credit. But when you're 20 years old, it feels like the world's stacked against you. It's like, oh man, the world's out to get me. But you push through that. So I love that. Now, do you have any uh, tips or suggestions to anybody? It could be you know some young investing or just anybody that's investing in, in general. Any tips or advice as you've gone through this so far now, and hopefully you're going to get your more and more and scale the business. Any advice for them? I would say the biggest thing is understanding that people who own real estate know other people who own real estate. It's the same with, you know, NBA players hang out with other NBA players, MLB players hang out with other MLB players. It's all a small world. And so um, I used to like cold call people. I used to hound, hey, I want to buy your property and blah, blah, blah. And yes, that can work for a little bit, but I've kind of changed my strategy to just saying, hey, I see you own this. I want to own an asset like that, you know, can we meet for coffee? I'd love to hear more about your real estate business. And that's, 
it kind of lets their guard, lets, I know, my guard down and their guard down. And they kind of open up to say, hey, you know, I bought it this way. I did this. I did that. And that's really led to more doors for, for me because it's just, again, it's building those relationships. And as I said, once you build cool relationships, um, they tell other people, you know, other people reach out to you and maybe want to sell something. So it's all about the relationship business. I 100% agree. That's exactly with like master passive income. I mean, I've been doing this for, I don't know, six years now, something like that, uh, teaching and coaching. And now I've so many people know me as a real estate investor, the opportunities just literally just open up. It's just, it's absolutely amazing. Now, Connor, I love, I love what you're doing. I'm super pop. I'm encouraging you to keep moving forward. Now you found me on Instagram. If you want to share your Instagram, you absolutely can, but people will definitely probably say, Ooh, I want to talk to Connor and have him teach me how to invest. But do, is there any, like, would you want to, uh, give out your information to anybody? I'm just throwing it out there if you want to give everything the Instagram. Man, feel all, I'd be happy to hop on a call with anybody. DM me on Instagram. It's at the Connor Kenny, C-O-N-N-E-R-K-I-N-N-E-Y. And then um, just feel free to DM me, email me, connorkinney3 at gmail.com. Um, I'd be happy to show anybody. I'm I'm always happy to help, man. So I love, love the show. Love what you're doing, Dustin. Um, I'm always happy to help. Thanks, Connor. I appreciate it, man. And I know you're going to get plenty of people that are going to reach out to you, especially if they're in the area. You know, like, oh, I'm in the same area. I would like to know some more people. And you're right. And what's great about this, and you have this, you've extended that out, that it's about the relationships. And so the more relationships that we have, the better everybody, everybody's life gets. So love it, Connor. Hey, Connor, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, definitely keep me informed on, on the things you're doing. I love hearing how you're doing. And uh, I just hope everything keeps working out well for you, man. So thank you so much for being on the show. Dustin, it's been a blast. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And that is it for today. Go ahead and get my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. You can also join my real estate wealth builders group coaching. Get all my courses. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next show. See ya. See ya.